0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDSE. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats the office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL. In the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Save by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. Mirror man, Mirror man. You twist and turn my mind Until I don't know who I am Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to an On The Buzzer. On The Buzzer? No, I've been in America too long. On The Whistle podcast, uh, here post-game, on my own, for a bit of one-on-one time with you. I was going to invite some people on, but ultimately I left it too late. I didn't realise that the game was an early kickoff, And, to make matters worse, we went out and lost no more FA Cup for us. Uh, that's one less opportunity to get into the back door of Europe and, uh, I mean, I guess it's not one less jolly because we didn't really have a jolly last year, uh, unless you call sitting in a pod of two, uh, a jolly. So, um, but still to, to go out in such a, a feeble, uh, uninterested manner was, was depressing in a way. But ultimately we knew that that was coming today. So I've got the three things that I want to talk about. Today and and this podcast will be fairly short, but I want to talk about the politics of luxury Deadwood. I want to talk about uh, the folly of the the youth policy that Mikel Arteta seems to have picked up, and then we could talk about some of the new signings because at least there is uh, a little bit of, of light at the end of this January tunnel. So, firstly, uh, I think that we've got to address the, the elephant in the room. Uh, we rotated hard today. And the output was exactly as many of us expected, because the lineup that he put out was pretty much the the team that have failed every time they've been given a run this season. We saw Nicolas Pepe, um, we saw Willian back in the side, um, Eddie and, Ketia, and i and I know that it's mean to say that. He's one of the, the failures because he's done so well in the Europa League. But, you know, when you stand him up against some of the other young players that are really taking their chance this season, he's disappointed more often than not. Uh, and then in the midfield, you've got the axis of boredom. You've got Granit Xhaka and, um, and Moel Neni. And that's, uh, that, that's not, that's not a dynamic, uh, midfield there. And, uh, you know, we just see it time and time again. The players that you expect to step up to the plate, the players that are being paid, the big dollars that have the miles on the clock, they just continue to disappoint. And there's a whole variety of reasons why they disappoint. Granite Xhaka against uh, a side that, that hunts you down and puts you under pressure, struggles. He's not, he's not the best when it comes to being a, a press resistant midfielder. This, uh, this modern football needs. Moel Nene, i i mean i i really like him he smiles a lot uh, he seems like a, a you know a great person to have around the club i know that they they like him behind the scenes but the more you watch him the more you realize why the only club that wanted to pick him up on loan last season was besiktas so you put those two together and you know there's not a lot of um there's not a lot of proper forward momentum everything's a little bit ponderous everything's a little bit safe you kind of get the impression that they're padding their pass completion stats. Uh, you know, maybe maybe padding your stats isn't a thing, but it's it, it, it's certainly overly safe. And you know, the the slowness in getting the ball to the front three is um, is is clear for everybody to see. And I think that that played into Southampton's hands here. So they knew, they knew how to play against us. And then when you look um you look at some of our forward players now, Gabriel Martinelli did not have a good game. But look, he's a, he's a very young player. He's coming back from an extremely serious injury and not just a serious injury. He's had an injury scare. So, you know, it's going to, I think it's going to be a while until we start getting really consistent performances out of him. So I don't think anybody can be too harsh on him. And you know, like I also think he's a player that thrives on having energy around him. Imagine being an absolute bulldog of a player. And you're surrounded by talent that just doesn't really seem particularly interested, or you know maybe interested isn't the the correct term, you know. But maybe that's a thing stupid fans say when they don't see a performance. Just players that are just really badly out of form at the moment. Um, um you know, I listened to the the press conference after, and, and Mikel Arteta rolls out the same old lines. You know, you just got to you've just got to look at the effort. Um, it's not the players' fault um you know we're trying to get them into form it just heard it over and over again and this luxury deadwood problem that we've had that we thought we were going to end this season with the exit of meza Ozil, has it's just continued and uh, i i don't see a way out of it anytime soon that isn't going to make Mikel Arteta look silly um and edu i mean let's be honest you know this is right out of the Edu Kia um, top pocket. And this is why Mikel Arteta kind of irritates people um a little bit on days like this, because he's playing a game of politics and he has to play this game of politics. So he has to he has to satisfy the fans on the one hand because we cause all sorts of problems on the internet. We make lots of noise. Journalists ask him probing questions because the fans are furious and uh and you know m- more now than ever let's let's be honest so he's he's got the fans to worry about but really the 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 big problem is that when you are promoted to a manager um you know you you you're almost like a a film director or a creative director you you're the, you're not paid just for your technique and your know-how you're you're paid for your taste and he must have had he must have gone to Vinay and he must have gone to Josh and Stan and said, this player is a Rolls Royce. This William guy, he works hard. He's efficient. He's great in tight spaces. And I've had a chat with him and he's motivated to win the Champions League in year three of this three year deal. You're like, what three year deal for a, for a, a, A player in his 30s, yes, he needs a three-year deal. Chelsea are offering him two years. No, 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 no. He needs a three-year deal. Chelsea are offering him 120 grand a week. No, we need to give a player that only wants to live in London and there's no competition for his signature, we need to give him a three-year deal at 250 grand a week. Now, the ownership should have stepped in. Vinay should have stepped in. Edu should have known better it's 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 all walls are under the bridge as far as I'm concerned because the deal happened and now we're left with Willian and he looks demotivated. He looks like he knows that he's been in a situation like this before where he's been benched. You know, Willian has seen off title-winning managers in the past, far bigger names than Mikel Arteta. And he's secure in London. He's going to get his visa. Um, so why does he give a fuck? he doesn't and you keep on looking for that performance that moment where he's just gonna he's just gonna blow up and things are gonna suddenly click in this system but I don't think I don't think they are I I don't think that he's got the engine I don't think he's got the pace and really you know he doesn't have the hunger to adapt his game to whatever the thing is that Arteta wants from him and so but Arteta can't go to the lengths that he went to and not play him. So we're in this situation where we've got a bunch of luxury deadwood that has to get games at some point, because otherwise it looks almost negligent, right? We've taken a 7 million right down on Mesut Ozil. Um, you know, William looks terrible. Nicolas Pepe looks like the worst £72 million signing of all time. I think Johnny said on the last podcast um he's in the top twenty two most expensive players um ever can Can you imagine a player that that's worse and Some people say that you know he had a a fairly good game, but I just don't think he's got the strength um I think he makes bad decisions you know there were a few nice balls here and there, but for seventy two million i just i just don't think he's up to it and i and i look at I look around the other teams in the Premier League. And I, I just struggle to see a side that he makes it in and everybody wants him to do well because everybody's seen those YouTube videos, you know, where he has those flashes of brilliance, but he's so one-footed and he's so easy to play against and he's he looks like a meek character. You know, he doesn't he doesn't look like he's gonna grab the game by the scruff of his neck. And I know that body language isn't the most important thing kind of is to a certain degree because how many players have that have terrible body language are exceptional on the pitch there aren't there aren't many so you know body language means something right it's a subconscious um communication of you know what you're thinking how you're playing and i just don't like his body language and then you compare it to someone like Emil smith rowe like that's the body language of someone that wants to succeed you know, Martinelli, even when he's playing badly, you know, he looks like, you know, he wants to be there and he wants to be involved in every moment of the game. And I think when I watch Pepe, I'm like, you want to be involved in the moments that suit you. Uh, and if the game isn't going your way, like, it's very rare that he pulls anything out. Um, so, you know, that's two out of, uh, your forward line. And then, um, and then you've, you look at Eddie and, I, you know, we're going to go on to the, the second phase of this. There's there's a little bit of folly to the way that Arteta deals with youth players. And, you know, Arteta will say, well, you know, I play soccer, You know, I've got Martinelli in the side. And I always feel like it's 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 forced upon him to make youth decisions to a certain degree. Uh, you know... Marcinelli didn't start initially in the Arteta lineup last January, but now he's in there because, you know, we need that. We need his energy. And Eddie, he loves Eddie, for, you know, and I, I know that he's got a great under-21 record. I know that he's done well in the Europa League, but he's one of those strikers where it's like, it feels like the only output is goals. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but... You know, if you want to play that central position now, you need to do so much more. And I know that we've almost got the opposite problem with Lacazette to a certain degree. But, uh, you know, you've got to be able to link up. You've got to be able to physically impose. You can't look like a young player if you're going to play that role. And he gets the start. He gets the minutes. He puts in another performance, which just feels so typical at this point. And I'm really struggling to see how he connects in, in this operation moving forward. And, and at some point, you know, you watch, I know Balogun's playing for the under 23s last night, but he scored some great goals. He's brilliant with the ball in tight situations. And he, he just feels like, you know, Balogun has more of a presence in those situations. And I know that we always look to the youth players and think that they can bail us out and, you know, we had a similar situation with Joe Willock where we were like, Joe Willock is going to unlock this. Reece Nelson is going to unlock this. Flo Balogun is now the player that you think is going to unlock the third striker situation. But I, I just can't see how he wouldn't offer more to that game than Eddie. And I don't know, you know, if, if, if West Ham really did come in with a £30 million bid for him and we, we passed up on that sort of money, I don't know. I'd, I'd be shocked. I know that, you know, you run into a situation. I think it was, um, 2009, 2010 sort of area where, you know, we, we had, uh, Lasana Diara, Matty Flamini, and who was the other one? I don't know. Uh, oh, Gilberto. Um, we lost all of them within a season and then we had nobody in that, in that position. And I I guess Arsenal are worried that, you know, you let Eddie and Ketia go and then you don't have another striker because Flo Balogun, you know, signs a a pre-contract in Germany or something. But to, to not even have Balogun on the bench, see, it seems like a weird, we're trying to give you minutes situation. I don't know what it specifically is going on, but, we found space for two goalkeepers today and Runeson is, uh, let's be honest, he, he's a really, he's a really, really inexperienced, not so good goalkeeper. So we've got two goalkeepers on the bench. Balogun doesn't even get a spot. And you, it just, it, it just baffles. It just baffles the way that um, Arteta operates in that space. And the, the, but it's 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 kind of a politics game again, right? The the FA Cup should be the game where Smith Rowe is playing. Martinelli, I know Martinelli played, but that should be the the game where you've got these young, hungry kids coming through who want to blow up and who want to push the seniors out of the way. But actually, what the Southampton game showed is actually it's it's, it's almost like a, a a shop window for secondhand players that we're not sure. Have a future with us, and the output is exactly that. You know, the, I, I watched the James Madison interview in the week, which was great because it was like you know, nice to hear an excited player talk about the game in an interesting way. And I think the commentator asked him and said, you know, you do a lot of dirty work. You know, your game has a lot of, of dirty work in it. And he, he said, Brendan Rodgers always says to us, everybody's got to do the dirty work. We need eleven players. Doing the dirty work in, in every game. Otherwise you can't succeed. And you, you know, the, the work rate of Leicester is, 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 is epic to watch. And they're title contenders this season because of it. But then you look at the, the work rate of some of our players and, you know, I don't know. I just don't, I just don't see it. But, um, you know, there, there, there appears to be a recognition of, of what we lack, um, in the side because we did sign. Uh, Matt Ryan from Brighton, um, uh, an Australian number one uh, a goalkeeper that helped keep a very underfunded Brighton side in the Premier League up. I mean, it's only a six month loan, but let me tell you, we would have been in deep, deep shit if we'd had to rely on the number two the, that we have had, or the number three that went to Hibernian. So I expect to see and uh, go out on loan because you know he needs minutes if he is just genuinely completely shite then we need to get him off our books um, pronto I hope we haven't given him uh, 150 grand a week on uh, on that four-year deal that he landed we've we're also looking at a left back um, Bertrand looks like uh, looks like a player that that they're considering I'm, I'm not sure why you'd want to leave Southampton at this moment but one again one of the the telling differences between the way Southampton is run and Arsenal is run is that Southampton are not looking to give a very competent left back a new deal because he's in his thirties. You know, at thirty-one, it's, you know, clubs like Southampton are probably thinking, you know, rolling contracts or, or, or shorter deals. And I'd imagine that Bertrand's probably looking to get that retirement fund. And lo and behold, Edu is sitting there with a contract to go round two with Southampton. On a fullback uh, that is, you know, close, closer to the end of their career than the start. Uh, but you know, I, I think if you if you bring in uh, a backup left back uh, to cover for Tierney, then maybe that makes a little bit more sense. But ideally, you'd want to be in a position where you're finding you know, who's who's the next Tierney coming through who's a a young left back with a high ceiling that hits all those stats numbers that get everybody excited, power, pace, you know, all the bits that you need. And maybe we don't find them in a January window and maybe we sign Bertrand and we get rid of him in the summer. You know, maybe Matt Ryan isn't the keeper going forward and it's just a six-month stint, you know, much like uh, Thierry Henry, Sol Campbell and even Jens Lehmann had little stints back at the club way back when. So I, I'm, I'm happy that their are loan deals. I'm happy that, you know, Eddie didn't bang out uh, the four-year specials for older players, even though Matt Ryan's only 28 years old, really. So um, not not a spring chicken, but also, you know, relatively young for a keeper. But the big move that... Everybody is getting really excited about is Martin Odegaard. I incorrectly said on the website that he was Danish. I just assume that anybody with uh, blonde hair and fair skin is Danish these days. And if uh, if that's an unacceptable thing to say, uh, I'm sorry, but I am I am blonde with light skin, so I, I think that I think that it's a it's a it's a fair assessment. Um, but the the Norwegian player is a brilliant. Brilliant move if we can make it. I mean, let's be honest. What, what, what would be the typical move for a, an Edu Arteta partnership? It would be Isco. Get the fat boy over, help him lose some weight and get him back to his best. Pay him 250 grand a week. It it could have been Christian Ericsson. You know, a lot of rumors that they wanted to do a swap with Granite Xhaka. I mean, I can't imagine Arteta would ever break up his love uh for the for the Swiss. But uh Christian Eriksen, you could easily see how you could formulate some sort of selling argument for him. You know, he's um he's done it in the Premier League, he's an assist machine. But again, just wouldn't have felt right. You know, getting rid of Erzl and then signing in another beta male who's uh who's a bit meek, couldn't do the work that Pochettino wanted. Like no thank you. But um Martin Odegaard, well I mean that's uh that's an exciting player he's literally just turned uh twenty two years old um he I, I he had a very impactful season for sociedad last year you can sneer at sociedad but uh that's an exciting project they've got over there you know one of uh what one of one of my good pals uh Trent who's been on the podcast before like he's a massive fanboy of the operation they've got over at sociedad he uh he messaged me the other day and said. Uh, Edu probably thinks Odegaard is a ski lodge, and uh, I really hope that that comment ages badly because what an exciting talent we'd be getting into the side. You know, um, the, the problem that he's having at Madrid seems to be the you know, Zidane doesn't trust him and doesn't trust that he'll do the work defensively. And Arteta needs players that are going to do the work defensively, sure but not to the level of Real Madrid. You know, like we're nowhere near the, the standards um, of, of Zidane. You know, we don't have currently ambitions like Zidane. So finding a young, precocious talent that needs to work on his game and he'll come into a side that's starting to play better football and um, he'll play with sort of like-minded young players. Imagine um, someone like Odegaard feeding in. Obama Yang. Like, imagine Odegaard feeding the runs of Smith-Rowe, Saka, Martinelli. Um, you know, it, it, could, it could be really exciting. I I don't think he's got a long time to go on his deal this summer either. And I think and um, one of the journalists wrote the other day that Mo Salah's trying to get a new contract, but he can no longer use the threat of Barcelona and Real Madrid because they're fucking skint. So Odegaard, if he plays well, could very well end up at Arsenal long term. I think the Premier League would be great for him. Um some of the stuff that you know his ex-managers have said about him, you know, got me excited. You know, referencing David's David Silver and uh and Leo Messi. I mean, last season I think um only Leo Messi played more progressive balls than him. I think he was ranked number two for most through balls into the box. And my hope, I mean, some of the passes you see him play, you know, like seriously defense splitting passes. But what this side really, really lacks is that little bit of quality into the final third and and the speed. And I think we've started to see it in in the better games over the, the last month or so. You know, you saw us ramping up the speed against Chelsea. I mean, since Thomas Partey has come back into the side. He's playing quick-release balls. If you've got more players that can do that and they're accurate, it just lifts the whole team. It gives everybody a little bit more confidence. And generally, we've been pretty solid. I mean, you know, what, five clean sheets on the bounce. Um, um Unlucky to lose a clean sheet today. Uh, Aston, not Aston Villa. Southampton only managed... Two shots on target, same as us, but, you know, we kept them relatively quiet. I mean, I'm, I'm reasonably confident going into the game next week that, you know, we're going to at least compete. But I think Odegaard, um, you know, it, it's, spe- signing him speaks to me because it, it says that Edu and Arteta and Vinai are starting to learn lessons. I mean, let's, let's see where it goes. But firstly, three, three loan deals. That you know, that that works that works for me. I, I don't think Arteta should be making any big money signings right now. Um having a backup goalkeeper that's twenty eight, having a backup left back that's thirty one, absolutely fine. But making sure the the creative player that you try and bring over is a player that is being rejected by a club, you could give them a rebirth and you could make them the star of Arsenal's rebirth. I mean that's, that's smart business. You know, I, I, I cannot knock that. It's still not going to forgive some of the horrendous deals that have gone past. I mean, someone asked me the other day whether, uh, this makes, you know, my, me being positive about Edu makes everything better. No, it doesn't. Um, absolutely not. Edu still signed off three years on William and we'll be, we'll be crying about that every time we lose for, 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 for many a month to come. Edu still signed off on an extra year on, um, Uh, David Luiz like terrible terrible decision he signed off Runison based on a goalkeeping coach recommendation and he's absolutely shite and everybody knew about it and we still played him against Manchester City in the quarterfinal of the League Cup why did we have to see that no one was begging to see him play we'd already seen him in the Europa League we knew what was coming and those decisions land on Edu but in the spirit of forgiveness if Odegaard and signing as of his ilk are the future of rebuilding Arsenal, then I am game. I am game for that. And look, there's also a lot to be said. Uh, I mean, I know that you know the best compliment somebody could give the Athletic was that Edu looks good in a suit, and that means something. Look, if the suit is seductive to young players, I'm game for it. If if Edu's um, if, if if Edu's fragrance is alluring. These, uh, these young superstars to come to Arsenal, I'm game for it. But Odegaard is the future and we've got to keep on making signings like that. You know, holding off from Buendia at 50 million, potentially getting Odegaard is exciting. You know, I hope he lives up to the billing because, you know, Buendia is, is also an excellent player, but there's no way that we're parting with that sort of money right now. And, you know, you always run the risk with those sort of players, like flopping when everything isn't built around them but yeah brilliant brilliant signing i think um as long as um smith Rowe continues to get games and is continue you know continues to be important then we're in good shape so overall you know it's shit to go out of the fa cup it's shit to see your your most exciting players uh, n- supposedly you, you know some of your most exciting players not show up and it's also disappointing to see young players not take their chance but you know this this season is rank Um, you know, we're still in the run for top four. And if we get three points uh, on Tuesday, then I'm happy because that puts us back in the mix for top four. That shows that we can be competitive when we have our best players out. And it will give everybody a boost going into the big one Um, because the Man United game next weekend is monstrously huge. If we can take down... Man United, in the form that they're in, I don't know. It doesn't mean we're going to make top four, but at least it shows that this new iteration, this this 2021, 2021 side, has the makings of something that we can build from. And then we have to go at the summer um, with a sledgehammer and uh, get rid of those players that just quite simply aren't good enough. So thank you very much for listening to this podcast I assure you that on Tuesday I will be back with familiar voices that you love to listen to and hopefully we've got a victory to talk about because I don't want to be miserable this month it's too cold uh, and there's too much shit going on so have yourself a nice day stay safe and look if you if you've got the opportunity, I would just click on iTunes. I would search the Arsenal opinion and just rank it with a five star because that's what 2021 deserves. And I, I actually think it will you know give yourself self-esteem a boost because you'll be doing something for somebody that you've never met before and what a wonderful wonderful thing that would be so on that note i will say goodbye uh, make sure you read LeGrove.co.uk. it's an excellent daily blog about the arsenal and um yeah i'll see you on tuesday ciao for now Say goodbye to Rideshare Horror Stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Sports Social Podcast Network.